Hi everyone. Welcome back to the Desi Crime podcast. I'm Ashwarya and I'm Aryan. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcast, make sure you leave an honest review about how you liked us so we can choose one of you for a free crime ebook giveaway. And with that, let's get started. This is the first part of our two-part episode on a case that shook Pakistan. The case that I have for you guys today is one that sent Pakistani authorities on the largest manhunt for Pakistan's most notorious serial killer. This is the story of a man whose only motive in life was to hear the cries of a hundred mothers. This is the story of Javed Iqbal. Okay, so Aryan, this is our first ever case from Pakistan, and I'm really excited, especially since we've just added a few Pakistani listeners to our listener base. What made me extremely happy was the fact that a couple of our listeners actually reached out to us from Pakistan, and they were the ones who helped us with the research involved in the case. They helped provide us links and sources to an already tough case to research about. Oh this was definitely one of the tougher cases we've done especially because it's an old case it's from 1999 so almost 21 years old and also because it's a country that we have no idea about and uh, you know it's tough to find that material online Okay Ashwarya take us back to 1990s Pakistan All right So it's December 4th 1999 in Lahore and it's a beautiful chilly morning As the day is starting to progress, business is underway. Shops are starting to open, kids are on their way to school and people are on their way to work. Khabar Naeem Hashmi, a newly appointed chief editor for a famous and respected Urdu newspaper in Lahore and the son of a very famous Pakistani actor and poet, like everybody else was also on his way to work. Hashmi reaches his office, work starts to pile up and everybody gets busy for the day. From the office of the newspaper one could almost hear the hustle and bustle of newly discovered headlines. Now sometime this morning shortly after everyone reached the office there arrives a package for Hashmi. It's a letter and newly appointed to a position of power Hashmi knows that he's the one that's required to open it. Now for the time for 1999 to be specific it wasn't unusual for newspaper editors to receive tips in the forms of letters and that's probably what Hashmi thought he was holding in his hand as he tried to read what was in it but as soon as he glanced over the very first sentence of the letter Hashmi fell sick to his stomach he stood there in shock holding in his hand a piece of paper that read i had sexually assaulted a hundred children before killing them a hundred children did they know who wrote this letter they did 
This letter was written by a 44-year-old man named Javed Iqbal. Now, before we jump into the story of how the most notorious serial killer in all of Pakistani history was caught, I want to take you back 40 years to how the most notorious serial killer in all of Pakistani history was made. Javed Iqbal, the sixth of eight children, was born in 1956 to a very wealthy family. His father, Muhammad Ali Mughal, was a successful trader in Lahore. He grew up in a loving home with loving parents and very many loving siblings. Accounts of his childhood make it very clear that he was an extremely pampered and spoiled child, given whatever he put a finger on. For example, Aran, in his early teens, Iqbal owned a 200cc motorbike, which he rode around town with his group of guy friends. See, this is the thing, Ishwarya. The initial life of any criminal seems like one I would want to have. Like, who wouldn't want to bike in their teens? Oh, that's not where his tampering ends. Eventually, Iqbal attends the Government Islamia College in Lahore and while he's still a student, he started a steel recasting business. And soon enough, Iqbal's father bought him two villas in Lahore where he moved in with his friends. However, as time started to pass by, Iqbal living with his guy friends stood out to people more and more. But why would living with your friends be suspicious at all? Um it wasn't unusual to live with your friends per se, but it was who Iqbal referred to as his quote friends that stood out to people. Iqbal now a grown man was living with boys much younger than him in age. When he was 25 for example he would roam around with boys who were 15 16 years old Some of the family members recount how when they used to question him on this Iqbal used to get extremely defensive of the boys and hated the interference Eventually to be able to get him to change his ways in typical desi style his family tried to arrange his marriage Iqbal however hated the idea until one fine day he comes home and announces to everybody that he's finally selected a bride for himself the elder sister of one of his guy friends the marriage which took place in 1983 lasted only for a couple of months his second marriage was also to the youngest sister of one of his guy friends that marriage didn't last either so did he marry two people back to back in quick succession and then divorced him just to get his family off his back now you would think that aran and most people would think that really but in reality everybody thought that ikbal was marrying them just to stay close to his guy friends uh. now twice divorced ikbal decided to start a new business eventually he opened a video game store the first of its kind in shadbagh Aren't you know those tokens that you get every time you go to an arcade store? Iqbal started to give those out for free, but only to boys. While that might be a creepy detail in itself, it didn't stop at that. Many kids who visited the shop went back and told their parents horrific stories about what went on inside the shop. More than one kid came out to narrate a similar incident. Iqbal would throw a 100 rupee note on the floor and watch the boy who would pick it up. Then he would announce that his money had been stolen and that he had to search everybody in the shop. 
the thief would be caught and taken to an adjacent room in that room Iqbal punished the boys for stealing money that he had planted himself in that room he sexually assaulted boy after boy by sodomizing them what went on inside the walls of that innocent looking arcade was far beyond anybody's imagination naturally when news spread people stopped their children from visiting the shop iqbal had no business left so then iqbal went ahead and set up a fish aquarium and later a gym and many people believed he did so only to attract boys again he also set up an air conditioned school called the sunny side school but it failed because nobody was willing to send their children an aquarium a school a gym you know all these businesses seem to cater especially to young people and more so boys that's one of the reasons why people grew more and more suspicious of iqbal but people's suspicions didn't stop him soon after he was charged with the assault of the son of a very respectable person of shadbag the matter was taken up by the elders of the area and he confessed to the crime too but do you know what happened to that he signed a stamp paper giving an undertaking that he wouldn't do it again that was it oh come on how would how would a stamp stop somebody from committing sexual assault again and it did not Iqbal committed sexual assault again but this time he was finally sent to jail for 6 months right after he left prison his father passed away in 1993 and Iqbal received 3.5 million rupees from his father's estate he used the money to construct a large house with a large pond in the basement a swimming pool in the backyard where he moved in with half a dozen boys Iqbal loved moving around in style and was often seen driving a five-door Pajero along with all of his guy friends. Now, Aryan, I don't think I need to tell you this, but homosexuality is severely looked down upon in Pakistan today, and if it's taboo today, imagine what people thought back in 1999. The culture there and in all of South Asia for that matter is strict about its stance against homosexuality. and even more so against pedophilia see we know homosexuality isn't wrong but pedophilia is wrong and both of these things coupled together with the context of a south asian community which frowns upon both of these things i can see why all of this was a stark problem for iqbal at this point aran you know that but what you may not know is that in places like the northwest frontier province of pakistan not far away from lahore such relationships homosexual relationships between a man and his servant are a matter of pride or a symbol of social status according to a 1997 survey conducted by pakistan's national coalition for child rights there have been countless poems written in pakistani literature about the love between a man and his help and while not usually discussed openly of course the practice is generally understood and even accepted in parts of the country so iqbal bringing in boys and then indulging in sexual relations with them while was unacceptable to many around him many also found it normal but of course nobody expected it to transition into what it did 
So if this is a normal person in terms of how the society looks upon him as you're telling me and he's from a rich background what went wrong with Javed Iqbal By now it's 1998 and now comes the turning point of Iqbal's story In September of 1998 Iqbal was severely beaten up by one of the young boys he took in He sustained severe head injuries and was unconscious in the Lahore General Hospital for 22 days. He had a fractured skull, a broken jaw and countless broken bones in his body. For many days after he was admitted, the doctors had no idea whether or not he would survive. When many of his family members didn't agree to pay and many were unable to afford to pay for his treatment, his house, his car, his shop Everything he owned was sold to get the money. Everything Iqbal once had was now gone. Once he was able to leave the hospital, Iqbal entered a world very very different to the one that he had left. He had nothing anymore. Both his parents were dead and all the riches he was so used to were all taken away. Iqbal had lost everything. the rich spoiled kid with friends constantly around him and the money to start any venture he wanted the boy who was gifted two villas at 22 and a 200 cc bike at 18 now had nothing this was not only a turning point in iqbal's life but also a turning point in pakistan's criminal history Pakistan was about to see something that no citizen could ever comprehend even in the years to come children started going missing just one year after iqbal's accident in 1999 children little boys all aged between 9 and 16 began to disappear from the streets of lahore over 5 months 25 missing cases were registered all poor boys young boys that had just vanished from the streets of pakistan's busiest city after this 5 months stint of boys going missing the letter arrived uh the letter he sent to the newspaper editor yes that letter aran could you please read out a part of that all right i had sexually assaulted 100 children before killing them All the details of the murders are contained in the diary and the 32-page notebook that have been placed in the room and also been sent to the authorities. This is my confessional statement. The letter went on talking about how most of the kids this man had killed were runaways and orphans living on the streets of Lahore. Once he killed them, he said, he dismembered their bodies. drowned them in vats of hydrochloric acid and then dumped whatever was left in the local river while the journalist stood in utter shock reading this gruesome letter preparing to leave for the house mentioned in this letter the same letter was received by lahore police lahore police gets the letter reads the letter and rushes to javed's house no they crushed the piece of paper and without a second thought threw it away what they th- why would they throw the paper they had the duck sitting right in the pond they should have gone and caught him okay so aryan this entire case brought to light the ineffectiveness of pakistani authorities of the time 
and how that incompetence led to this case reaching the ghastly point that it did social commentators in pakistan have called this entire case a stinging indictment of the nation's public safety system a system that has changed little since it was adopted nearly a century ago from the departing british colonists in fact of the 100 children who had vanished in the 5 months since javed's killing spree began only 25 had been reported missing as the mother of one of the young victims told time magazine in a december 1999 interview quote it never even occurred to me to go to the police for help end quote so the authorities having discarded the letter now learn of the media receiving the same letter and they learn that the media is on their way to the murderer's house this is what compels the cops to finally retrieve this piece of paper and drive to the house mentioned on it on reaching the residence the cops and the media alike learn that the house belongs to a 44 year old man named javed iqbal but in that moment that's least of their concerns if they thought the letter they received was horrific the house they've just entered is far far worse inside the house there were blood stains all over the wall and the floors and numerous bloody footprints all over the property there were pictures so many pictures of all of iqbal's victims some as young as 9 years old pictures that were evidently snapped just moments before their deaths in one corner of the house lay five plastic bags containing shoes around there were 85 pairs of shoes and heaps and heaps of children's clothes ishwara till this point i was really hoping this letter was one of those hoax letters people write for know. you know a moment of infamy i guess but i can't imagine a sight scarier than 85 pairs of children's shoes i mean that's as indicting as evidence gets aran if that's scary and that's sad to you Imagine this. Later, parents whose children were missing were made to search through these heaps of clothes and shoes in an attempt to identify their kids who probably fell prey to Iqbal. And honestly, I cannot imagine how excruciating it is to stand between 15 other parents to search for your kids' shoes when you know your kid is dead from piles and piles of shoes and clothes. They also found in this house the iron chain that Iqbal claimed he used to strangle the kids. Now, Aryan, everything in this house, all these sort of tokens that Iqbal had collected from his victims, they were all left neatly labeled by him. And the cops finally stumbled across the label they were dreading encountering. near two foaming vats of hydrochloric acid that contained the bodies of what Iqbal claimed were almost 100 children they found the label that said quote the bodies in the house have deliberately not been disposed so that the authorities will find them end quote according to the guardian in addition to the two barrels containing human remains police also found several other containers of acid as well as sleeping pills bottles of oil empty soft drinks mineral water bottles a number of children's board games and some empty snake boxes 
a broken video cassette titled Beast on Heat was also recovered. Now, Aran, do you want to tell our listeners what Beast on Heat was? So the movie Beast in Heat is one of those really unpopular movies from 1977. It's it's kind of an indie film. The basic plot is that a crazy Nazi doctor terrorizes women of a remote village in Germany by leaving them to the mercy of a sex-crazed half-man, half-beast. I don't know if if Iqbal saw a reflection of himself in that. Aran, I know that's creepy, but that's not even the end of it. The walls of the entire house were recovered with handwritten posters, and I like Aran to read what one of them said. Today, November 25th, 1999, I have decided to commit suicide. Yesterday, I killed my employee, Sajid, and incinerated his body in the container so that he could be punished for theft and for disturbing me again and again. Now I can go to sleep in the depths of the river Ravi. Wait, so... Is is Javed Iqbal dead? Did he commit suicide? Oh no! Javed Iqbal was far from dead and the cops were far from done with him. But Iqbal did try to drown himself. So, where was Javed Iqbal? How did the cops finally catch him? Why did he kill 100 children? Did those hundred children and their families ever get justice? To find out, go listen to the second part of our two-part series on Javed Iqbal, Pakistan's most notorious serial killer.